This Fire Keepers Casino 400 DFS picks episode of the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Drivers, start your Wrap in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions but since i'm on probation i suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well if you could talk about racing things we could talk about racing now here are your hosts rod via gomez and cody zeeb Welcome in, everyone, to the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He is Cody Zeeb. I am Rod Gomez, and we are back again to talk DFS for the Firekeepers Casino 400. It is, of course, the cup race at the Michigan International Speedway in Brooklyn, Michigan. Not Detroit, but Brooklyn, Michigan. Uh, we are going to have some fun talking some two-mile track action after we've already done the wonkiness of a road course, of a short track, of an outer space track, of, I don't know, there's just been a, a ton of tracks, back to a normal oval, as it were, uh, for us. A little bit longer than normal, but still a fun track. Cody, uh, I'm ready to, I'm ready, man. I, I, I cannot wait for this episode. I think we've got some good plays this week. It's it's going to be fun. I just want to hurry up and watch the race, too. We yeah, about I know. I, that's always the, I love the process we go through the week, right? We get our picks in for the cup, the xfinity if there's trucks we get those in we got the f1 or indycar check out the f1 gambling podcast for this week's indycar picks but the long wait before the racing actually starts the one one good thing about covid rod we got races twice a week they raced on wednesday night and they raced on sunday it was beautiful uh obviously we don't want that to come back but uh i liked the multiple races a week it was really fun (laughs) Well, and then, you know, so this will go out, uh, this is like Thursday, uh, somewhere in that vicinity. You either have already watched the SRX race or you're about to watch the SRX race, uh, one of the two. So that'll be some fun. Obviously, like Cody said, there's IndyCar going on there in Nashville this week, uh, taking on that Nashville track. So make sure you check that out as well. But yeah, I mean, no F1, so it's a little disappointing. No trucks, that's disappointing too, but uh, still plenty of opportunity to watch some racing. Again, not everybody listens to the betting episode. Some people that listen just to the DFS episode um, did not get a chance to listen to it. But as we always urge you, go back and listen because some of the drivers that we talk about on that episode obviously are good DFS plays as well. But as we always do, We will highlight three drivers that we like at various price ranges uh, for the slate. Uh, Again, like we said, it is the Michigan International Speedway. It is a two-mile track that they will be taking on uh, this week. It's 400 miles, so 200 laps around this two-mile track. That's not a whole lot of laps, but still a lot of laps, I suppose, to run on this. So we'll be paying attention to some of the lap leaders, obviously what they've done over the course of the season 
and uh, what they've done on this track. So, yeah, that's what I'm looking at so far for this one. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's not going to be a, a Richmond or New Hampshire where you've got 400 laps, 300 laps, uh, just 200 laps. So laps led, fastest laps, still important, of course. Finishing position going to be weighed a little bit heavier. Place differential going to be weighed a little bit heavier. Um, but, yeah, I mean, comparable tracks, it's going to be auto club to a degree, right? That was early in the season, only the what second race of the season, I think, actually, after Daytona. So you take a lot from that, but a lot has happened since then, right? So looking at intermediates we've had recently, Pocono a little bit. It's the intermediate package. Kansas, Vegas, Charlotte. You can kind of weigh those in there as well. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just current form is a lot of, of what we count as well, right? Momentum. We talk about that a lot. It counts towards a lot. What have you done for me lately? So I think we'll weigh that in as well. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be another good week of racing. I'm excited. Uh, we've we've got the bets all placed now for the Cup Series, for the Xfinity Series, even for IndyCar, SRX as well. Make sure you're listening to all the podcasts earlier in the week, of course. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be gonna be a fun weekend. Yeah, we really. I mean, that's the thing. We have all the bets placed now. We're just into DFS mode, so um, I think we're good to go. You know what? Let's take an early break. The bosses never tell us it's bad to take an early break. They always just say it's too bad to go over. So let's take a break, and let's just get into some of those drivers that we got for have, you guys. I have one thing oh. I want to talk about when we come back, because it's going to... I have a small rant. Oh, you have a small rant? Oh, yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll do that, and then we'll come back. So, uh, yeah, we'll give you plenty of time for that rant so we don't go over. Uh, but, yes... Let's tell you about our Patreon. The Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon is the perfect place for the diehard D-Gen. You sign up for the Patreon, you're going to get exclusive access to contests, including our NFL win total contest with a $1,000 first place prize. Plus, you get a monthly SGP Stories podcast, an ad-free, uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being D-Gens. It's even a Discord channel just for you, the patrons. Sports Gambling Podcast has and always will give out all of our picks for free. Patreon's just a great way to add in there and support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. If you want more information, go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Well, Cody, as promised before the break, you have the floor. What is your rant, my friend? 83 wins. 374 top 10 finishes, 36 pole awards, seven championships, uh, one, two, three, four time all star race winner, two time Bush Clash winner, two time Daytona 500 winner, four time Coca Cola 600 winner, four time Brickyard 400 winner, two time Southern 500 winner, 11 wins at one single track being Dover International Speedway. Nine grandfather clocks from Martinsville. Eight wins at Charlotte, a.k.a. Lowe's Motor Speedway, including sweeps in 20, 2004 and 2005. Seven wins. Seven cowboy hats from Texas Motor Speedway. Won the 2010 Prelude to the Dream. Uh, driver with the most consecutive titles in NASCAR history, winning five in a row. While NASCAR was actively trying to change the format to do nothing but defeat him, and he is not a first ballot Hall of Famer in at least one voter's opinion. Are you fucking kidding me, Rod? Of course, we're talking about Jimmy Johnson. Was elected to the Hall of Fame this week, as he should be, but only received 93% of the vote. I don't know if, if you've not noticed lately, 
This is not fucking baseball with their bullshit fucking Hall of Fame. That's a big sham. This guy is one of the greatest, if not the greatest driver in NASCAR history. And somebody, multiple people, didn't vote for him to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Not only should you never be allowed to vote in the Hall of Fame again, you should not be allowed to vote in a school election, in a, pla <laughs> a class president election for kindergarten. You should never be allowed to watch another race. You should probably be locked away in an insane asylum because what the fuck is wrong with you? Seven-time champion. He won five in a row. He won 83 races. One of the greatest drivers in NASCAR history. He's a fucking first ballot Hall of Famer. Don't give me this bullshit of, well, nobody should get in on the first. Not fucking true. Certain people deserve to get in on the first ballot. And of anyone, Jimmy Johnson is off the top of that list. Are you kidding me? I fucking hate Hall of Fame voters. The Baseball Hall of Fame, an absolute, complete sham. Pete Rose isn't in there. They won't let the guys in there doing things that were legal for them to do at the time. It's part of the game. What made the game great? That's a whole other conversation, but come on. you should. The, it should be audited. Whoever voted against him should never be allowed to watch a race in their entire life again. So, of course... We're talking Jimmy Johnson, and it's funny because who's the Jimmy Johnson fan in this? This is obviously, I, I, listen, I 1,000% agree with you on this one, and I, there's just this culture around people who have never, because I'm, I'm assuming that the people who did not vote for him have never taken a seat in a race car probably ever, and, and have never experienced anything that, that uh, Jimmy Johnson's gone through before, therefore probably you know, again, it's the sports writers. And listen, sports journalists, we're, we're one of them. But at the same time, I don't understand how you could be so pompous and so... And I and listen, if you are one of those people out there and you listen and you didn't vote, tell us why. Because, I mean, could it be that he's only 47 don't, years old? Don't tell us why. I don't uh, care. You, there is not an <laughs> argument you can make. I want to know. Don't, I don't even want to hear why. I, 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 I want to know because I want to know what their mindset is so I can tell them how wrong they are. But again, it, it maybe it's because he's 47. Maybe because they feel like he's too young. Maybe because they feel like he could still come back and race. Like you said, none of that is valid. The man broke records. The man had the entire sport changed so that he would quit winning at the highest level of his profession like those type of people i mean you enshrine in whatever you can like they transcend the sport and and just because he went and did indie for a little bit he's not coming back to nascar now I, i'm pretty sure we're done well and even so, if he does i mean he can still he, race. he drove part-time this year and and toyota has stated that he's because they're switching to toyota right they've stated he will race a toyota so he'll probably be back next year i don't know if he's on the list for any more races this year not, i can't remember i know he was supposed year. to race in chicago obviously there was tragedy in the family and he he wasn't able to compete but it doesn't matter like he's met the qualifications to be on the ballot so whether you don't think it's been long enough or you think he's still active i don't care he's on the ballot he's one of the greatest ever put the fucking guy in as a unanimous first ballot it's an absolute shame Derek jeter they did the same thing to him in baseball it, there's certain guys that have to go in unanimously. Jimmy Johnson's at the top of that list. So whoever you are, I hope I find out because I will never watch or listen to another thing you ever say because you're stupid. Yeah, it's anyway. It it, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me either. I honestly I can't I can't even fathom a world 
where if Jimmy Johnson came across and I was a voter, I'd be like, eh, nah, we'll make him wait a year. It's like, why? What else is he going to accomplish between the last year that he raced and this year that's going to make you say, oh, yeah, okay, now he definitely needs to be in? There's no other proof that you need. If you're going to put him in next year, put him in this year. And it, it doesn't matter who else is on the ballot. It uh, I mean, it uh, unless it's Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt, and you had to pick one of the three or two of the three. That's the only time you could convince me, maybe. And even then, I he uh, might be better than those guys. But it, they're already in the Hall of Fame, where they should be, and he now is going to be, which is, at least he was elected. It's not as bad as the Baseball Hall of Fame. All this is just because he didn't get it unanimously, but come on. But going in with him, Chad Knaus, uh, I think it was, gosh, was it NASCAR Chasm? I can't remember who it was. I saw somebody on Twitter say, uh, if Chad Knauss didn't go in with him, it would be like putting uh, Brooks and Dunn in the in the Country Music Hall of Fame, and and you say congratulations, Brooks, uh, Dunn. I've got some bad news for you. <laughs> Dunn, you <laughs> need to wait. Obviously, yeah, <laughs> they need to go in together. They accomplished it all together. Uh, so so great to see that. And, and then Donnie Allison is the uh, the legend or whatever. I don't remember what they call that part of the ballot, but he he's the other guy that uh, that makes it in. So uh, well deserved class. Obviously, no question. Jimmy Johnson, Chad Knauss. We're going to go in on their first try. A lot of they need to maybe let more people in at a time because there's a lot of people on the ballot that are Hall of Famers should be in the Hall of Fame, but you can't pass up Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss. It's just, uh, again, should have been unanimous bullshit that it wasn't, but here we are. Yeah. Oh, well. Again, like you said, he's in. <laughs> Justice is served. It's just those people are going to have to live with the fact that. They were the ones that dissented. And maybe they wear it with a badge of pride. I don't know. I don't care. I'm ready to talk about Michigan. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. Should we, uh, do we Do we want to hit an ad break? Are you ready to jump in? What, what's the plan? Yeah, let's hit an ad break. That way we can just kind of flow through the go. rest of these. Yeah, yeah. we took the first one early. Let's take the second one now. So let's tell you about Underdog Fantasy because that's what we're here to do. Underdog Fantasy. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The NFL season's right around the corner. Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on a ton of of NFL player props and also available in a ton of markets. Plus, as you know, and in fact, we'll talk about it in the next episode, we'll give you our underdog pick em picks for NASCAR as well. And you can win in their daily MLB contest. And of course, make sure you enter the Best Ball Mania 4. Yes, Best Ball Mania 4, where the winner gets $3 million. Head over under underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN. You get a 100% deposit bonus up to one hundred dollars underdogfantasy.com promo code sgpn well cody we start at the top of the price list for this firekeeper casinos firekeepers casino 400 dfs slate uh and we'll give you our high price driver suggestions for your lineups cody why don't you begin Yes, first up for me, uh, I'm going to keep it near the top of the board. Kyle Larson is the most expensive guy on here. I'm going to go one below him, Mr. James Dennis Allen Hamlin. Um, I, originally, I was going to go with Truex. Again, these guys, it's toss-up between these guys always, right? Like These guys are, are 1A and 1B for the fastest cars each and every week. But Denny has really impressed me, especially on intermediates here as of late. You think back to Pocono, right? He ends up winning the race. Uh, he led 20 laps that day. Uh, you go back to Kansas. He he won that race, leading a bunch of laps there near the end, obviously passing Larson on, on the final lap as well to get the win. 
Uh, Charlotte, he led, I think, 20 laps before Chase Elliott just completely trashed him, and he didn't obviously get the finish there, uh, but he has been consistently good. Over the last couple of weeks, uh, last week at Richmond, 59.7 points. Starts up front, third place, finishes in second, gets 20 laps led, gets 26 fastest laps. Back to Pocono, 59 points. Starts uh, eighth place, gets up to the pole, 11 fastest laps, nine laps led, uh, or gets up to the to first to win, not the pole. He doesn't start eighth and then get the pole. That's not how that works. Starts eighth, starts eighth finishes first. Uh, like I mentioned, New Hampshire, he started 20th there, so you got the place differential as well, 54.5 points. Uh, Atlanta was a decent day for him. Chicago was a decent day. You go back to the Ally 400 at, at New Hampshire, or uh, Nashville, rather. 73 points on the day, starts eighth, finishes third, gets 15 fastest laps, leads 81 laps that day. Just continue to go through it and, and lead laps, lead laps. Kansas, like I mentioned, 80.3 laps or 80.3 points, uh, also started eighth there and won the race. So if Denny Hamlin starts eighth, maybe you place a bet on him to win, I guess. I don't know. That seems to be the trend. Uh, 44 fastest laps, led 34 laps that day. Obviously ends up winning a lot, a lot, a lot of positive days from Denny Hamlin. Uh, and I think we see that again. And 23-11 had a lot of speed here last year. We talked about it in the betting show. Bubba Wallace came close to winning this race, ends up finishing in second. Last year, 23-11, super fast to Kansas. Who shows up super fast to Kansas this year? The guy who owns the team. You think he's got uh, so, some of that data? You think he's got some of that information that made him so good, right? Of course he does. He's going to have that again this weekend. Uh, so I think Denny Hamlin, 10,700 is my top play for the weekend. You can never go wrong with Denny Hamlin, obviously, uh, unless Kyle Larson's in the vicinity, and at which point then you're going to uh, just hold on tight and hope that uh, they don't come together. Although I did see on on X the um, uh, the the poll. Do you think there will be more altercations between Hamlin and Larson? Uh, I voted no. I think we're done with that. So I think we're safe. Right. Uh, and uh, Larson, we didn't really talk about it in the recap, but Larson did give him a nice little shot last week at Richmond. Oh yeah. So yep. he he made his you know he, he made him aware. But Larson's just not the type. He's not going to go wreck. I mean, he just. He's not that type of race car driver, and I, I don't think we see it. I think that was enough. He got the message clear. Their friends off the track. I think it's over and it's done. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, they're friends, right? It's not. This isn't as if they're mortal enemies and they're trying to beat each other to to, to pieces. They're they're literally friends, and I don't want to be in a fight with my friend. Like I, that'd be like me and you feuding. That'd be uncomfortable. I'd hate that. I wouldn't want that at all. I'd. I'd want to get whatever we needed to get out done, and then and then we're I, good. I would wreck you to win a championship, I, and I'd wreck the shit out of you too, my friend. <laughs> Believe me, I would. Like put, Tony Stewart says, I'd wreck my mom to hey, win a championship. I would put the bumper my, to everything. So. And my mom would be sad if I wouldn't wreck her for a championship. So um, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> my mom would probably let me wreck her for a championship. She'd be like, "Okay, son, go ahead." Um, but all right. Uh, somebody who probably won't end up wrecking in this race, and this is my uh, high price suggestion, and that is Kevin Harvick. I just, look, every single week we talk about Kevin Harvick being a great DFS play. This is the week where he is probably the single most uh, lock of a, of a DFS play, and he's going to be heavy in cash games. And if you want to win, you're probably going to need him in your lineup. I will just begin my argument for Kevin Harvick by saying, on this track, Kevin Harvick has won five of the last seven on this track. That's it. And rant. 
I mean, it, it's it's insanity. He won three in a row between 2019 and 2020. He won one in 2018. He won one in 2022. In that span, he led 38 laps last year to win this race, the second one in a row, right? Uh, this is the one where he had won at Richmond after breaking a long streak and came back-to-back and won here uh, in, in Michigan. He led 90 laps uh, to, in 2020, 92 laps the year before, 22, 15, 108 when he won in 2018. I'll just tell you this, that on this track, he has 42 appearances, 22 top 10, 16 top 5, 6 total wins. He has led 737 laps around this track, which is the most by a, a country mile over Joey Logano, who is the second most active with 590. Greg Biffle snuck in there at 594. And I think he's only in there as an active because every once in a while he pops up and 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 is in the conversation. I don't think I've seen him on the track in a long time. But he raced a, I think he raced maybe one truck race last year, but I don't, I don't know if I'd consider him active. No, and I wouldn't consider him active either. But uh, again, Kevin Harvick just, again, the lock of all locks on Richmond, just from his past stats alone, right? I mean, it, it's it's a matter of just saying that he has been good all year long. Now, you add to that the streak of top 10s that he's been on over the last three races. He finished fourth at Loudoun, fourth at Pocono, 10th at Richmond. Uh, some pretty decent finishes there. As far as fantasy points, he's getting you at least 34 per race. He got you 36 last week, 41 the week before that, 63 the week before that. Unfortunately, he lost you 11 uh, when he wrecked out, or not really wrecked out, but had a bad day in Atlanta. So, uh, unfortunately, that was a, a bad day for him. Um, but, you know, again, he's gotten you several top 10 finishes, 10 to be exact, uh, over the course of the season. So uh, a good, a good solid DFS play week in and week out. Uh, and, and, again, on this track, I, I just don't want to miss out if he comes out and, and is the best car on the track again because you would feel absolutely foolish if you were like, oh, I'm going to fade Harvick, and then next thing you know, he comes out and wins this race. It's not Jimmy Johnson should be unanimous in the Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> it's not not quite that solid of an argument, but it's the next best thing. It's really hard to argue against Kevin Harvick at Michigan. Ford has won eight times in a row. Harvick is five of those. He is fucking good here. Should be good yet again. Uh, and again, time's a ticking. It's, it's winding down on his final season. His career is about to end. Hasn't been to victory lane since uh, Michigan last year, I do believe. Actually, I think Michigan was before Richmond last year. So, uh, oh, yeah, you're right. win. Yeah, but either way, it's been a while. It's been a year almost uh, in, in time for him to, to maybe be in that conversation again. So, uh, yeah, Kevin Harvick is a great play this weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, let's take a step down in price then and go to our mid-tier drivers. Next up for me, I just mentioned him when I was talking about his boss. Baba Wallace. He is my favorite DFS play this weekend. He is going to be an almost lock in most of my lineups. Love, love, love Bubba Wallace. $8,800. Uh, so he's fairly cheap right here in the middle for you. And he has got the upside. That is the biggest thing about him. He was really, really good here last year. Started on the pole, finished in second place. He led 22 laps. Um, and really, he was running Kevin Harvick down, probably would have beat him. Late caution flag, gets a bad restart, loses some positions, fights quickly back up to second, 
doesn't have enough to catch Kevin Harvick, uh, unfortunately for him. But Bubba's going to be out to get the revenge for that. Uh, we saw a similar situation at Kansas last year. The spring was best car, hands down. Mistakes, mistakes, mistakes throughout the day. His teammate, Kurt Busch, gets what's likely the final win of his career at Kansas. They come back in the fall. Guess who gets the revenge? Bobo Wallace, the best car on the day, takes it to victory lane. 23-11's intermediate program has been very good. Case in point there. You go back to last year, Bubba finishes second. Ty Gibbs filling in in the 45, only his third career start. A top 10 finish. Toyota has been on fire lately. Denny Hamlin's been good lately. If Denny Hamlin's good, guess who he's sharing that information with? And Tyler Reddick is locked into the playoffs. Bubba's looking pretty good. But if there is anything extra they can give this car or put in this car, throw some tape on it if you're Denny Hamlin. Uh, to get it into victory lane, uh, you saw it last week, right? Denny gave up spot to to Bubba at the end of a stage so Bubba could get that extra point because could be the difference. They are putting everything they can. They have this race circled in big red letters. This is a race they can win, and I really, really love Bubba Wallace this weekend. I think we're going to see Bubba Wallace in victory lane. Spoiler alert, if you haven't listened to the betting episode yet, he is one of my picks. I love him this weekend, and at this price, $8,800, he will be in almost every single lineup I submit this weekend. And I think the good thing about it is that most casual players probably won't be on Bubba because, and and we say this a lot, and it, I think it always holds true, is that you see with your ears sometimes uh, when you hear how they talk about particular drivers on a broadcast right and for Bubba it's not always them talking him up so people that tend to think ah oh, well he must not be doing good and they don't pay attention to the fact that he actually has been running well for a while it's just been something that's gotten in the way whether it's him getting mixed up or or a pit penalty or something it's just something happens it's not necessarily indicative of his talent it's just a victim of circumstance. But still, some of the finishes are there for it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I like your Bubba play. Like I said in the betting show, though, my only my only reservation about Bubba is, is he going to get in his head? Is he going to be, you know, a, a, a little bit pushing it harder because he wants to, to prove it? I, and races are running out before the playoffs, too. But, again, Bubba's shown that he can do this. So, I'll back you on this because I, I really feel like he can do it. So, We'll give Bubba yeah. a nod. And just under Bubba, 86 and 8,400, the two RFK cars after their performance last week. People are going to be trying to crowbar those guys in. It's going to take away from the Bubba roster ship. Should drop him down. We know Bubba's a divisive guy in the garage, right? Uh, for fans, rather. But but So there's going to be people who don't play him for that reason. It's the opposite of Chase Elliott, right? Chase Elliott gets the bump because of the popularity. And Bubba's a very popular driver in his own right, but a lot of people that, that don't like him, you know, he's divisive, of course. So uh, I think that he, his roster ship will probably be a little lower. And they're just not uh, listening to this show and realizing he's a secret weapon this weekend. And that's okay, because you are and you get it. So uh, we love that. Uh, all right. Another secret weapon is going to be Eric Jones. He is $7,300 uh, this week. And for Eric Jones, I kind of, I've, I've made the point to tell you before that he's, uh, he was, at least over the last uh, uh, maybe couple of races that we talked about him, inside that top 20 as far as fantasy points per race. And he slipped out of that, but he's still getting you 28.2 fantasy points per race 
for a seven thousand dollar three hundred uh, uh, price, right? For for that listing, that's actually not bad. Uh, that's at least more than three, just a little more than three times what you're paying for them on that one. And that's that's not bad for a guy who's got a, a pretty decent sized floor or a ceiling too when it comes to being able to score you fantasy points. Now he can get you 24 like he did. Uh, last week or he can get you 52 like he did the week before or 52 like he did the week before that or 48 as he did uh, in Atlanta as well so he's been getting good solid points for you outside of last week at Richmond but you know that was kind of a tough day anyways for everybody uh, let alone him but Eric Jones like we said has been able to get you some pretty solid finishes for DFS purposes this season is he going to go out and win the race nah he probably won't even come uh, in the top five. But a top 10, I'm predicting a top 10 out of Eric Jones this week, and I think I've put that on the line as well. He did it here last year. He started 10th, finished 8th, and we talked about it too in the betting episode. That was a wreck of a season too toward the end of it for uh, what was uh, uh, Petty Motorsports back then and uh, now, of course, Legacy. And look, Legacy's had their fair share of just absolute garbage. And in fact, now... The, the news is out that there could be a switch in driver two for the 42 car. So as they move to well, Toyota, that's, that's picked up steam since we talked about that earlier this week, yes, it's it has. Uh, looking like it'll probably be announced real soon. Cause it's sounds like it's a done deal. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like it went from, it went from speculation to almost it's on us within 24 hours. So, uh, and, and if not 48, by the time you listen to this, so, yeah, by the time you listen to this, it could probably already be announced, so right. we'll see. Possibly. <laughs> but anyways, despite all that distraction, Eric Jones still actually cranking out some halfway decent finishes. Eighth at Nashville, uh, 16th at Chicago. Again, nothing like you would want for uh, a betting purposes, but still good for DFS because he started 21st that day. Atlanta, 25th, finished 11th. Loudon finished, or started 30th, finished 11th. Pocono, 24th, finished 9th. Uh, and then if you look back at what he did in Fontana, uh, he actually started that race in 34th position, finished in 19th. That was a fantastic day for you in fantasy. It did get you 39 points. He was $7,000 that day, so not a bad day for you fantasy-wise there. Um, and like I said, last year he got you an 8th place finish after a 10th place start and led 5 laps even in that race. He probably won't lead any laps this time, but I think he's still a solid investment at where he's at at $7,300 in that mid-tier range. So give me Eric Jones right there to uh, to put in my, I think, a GPP lineup for this one. Yeah, I like Eric Jones a lot this weekend. Uh, again, it can be hit and miss with with uh, Legacy for sure, obviously. Going through a lot of changes, a lot of things happening there. So it's not a for sure thing, but we talked about him on the betting show. I gave him out as a top 10 play. I think that he has that upside uh, and ability. So I think that he is definitely a driver you could uh, keep an eye on to get that done. Indeed. Uh, all right. Well, we've got to go down into the value bin for our next set of drivers. But before we do, we'll give you some top shelf podcast entertainment coming up after the break. Hey, everybody. If you play fantasy football, especially in auction leagues and or you're a whiskey fan. Yes, exactly. Check out the Sports Gambling Podcast fantasy football channel show Old Fashioned Football. Coming to you every Tuesday morning. Give us a listen. We'll bring you the latest fantasy football data, including the injury report, studs and duds, waiver wire targets and suggested fab market movers. After all, we are the marks. He is my hubby and she's J Mark's wifey. And we're bringing all this to you while drinking an old fashioned and giving you our honest review of a different whiskey every week. 
All that and more. Hop on over, give us a listen, come for the football, stay for the whiskey. This ad's almost done. Going once, going twice. Sold. All right. Well, we didn't give out too many high, high priced guys, so you can definitely, uh, you don't need to make a whole lot of room, but if you, uh, if you do make a lineup where you need a little room, here's where you can make the space for it using the following two drivers that we'll give you in our value driver department. Yeah, it's rough on the low low end of things this week, yeah, I think, in my right opinion. <laughs> yeah, if, if you wanted to go all the way up to like Austin Dillon at 7,200, I think you can make a case for him to be a solid play. Below that, Stenhouse, Almondinger, no. Priest, no. Briscoe, definitely not. McDowell, maybe. Haley, meh. Cindric, meh. Burton, meh. Gregson, LaJoy, Gillen, meh. Custer, Ty Dillon, no. J.J. Yaley, you can make the same argument I made last week. You need more attrition for that to work. <laughs> that was the problem last week, but uh, Balicki, no. So it's it's real tough, but I did settle uh, on Austin Hill. He's 5,200. Uh, he is going to be driving in the Cup Series race. This is not the Xfinity Series show. Um, excuse me he uh he's going to be in the beard uh motorsports 62 car it's going to be prepared by rcr so it's going to be basically a teammate to kyle bush and austin Dillon. and man we talk about if you haven't listened to the xfinity series show we talk about austin hill every single week i don't think there's a week that goes by we don't talk about him whether it's a road course a super speedway an oval a triangle a rectangle driving backwards a roller coaster. It, we're talking about him every single week just because he's that good. He's that consistent. And he knows how to get there. And the thing is, he doesn't even have the fastest car in the Xfinity series. You cannot tell me that 21 car is as good as the JGR cars. It's not as good as the top JRM cars. It's it's not as good. Yet he's still the points leader. Yet he's got all these top five finishes. He's got 12 top five finishes in the Xfinity series in 20 races. I know this is not the Xfinity Series. I get that. I know it's a Beard Motorsports car, and they only run a limited schedule. I get that. He is going to have the RCR help. Spoiler alert, Kyle Busch, a guy that I really, really liked on the betting episode as well. Um, so I think for this price, $5,200, uh, you're not going all the way to the bottom with Josh Palicki at $4,800. I feel like you're stepping up just a little here, but you're still getting that nice, deep discount. Austin Hill is a guy probably not going to super impress, but... He can have a nice, decent run for you. Um, and again, this is a guy that uh, cup teams are going to be looking at, right? There's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of open rides, a lot of of moving and shaking right now. Um, and he ended up uh, starting eight or 31st here last year and finished 18th. He was in a third RCR car. That was his first career NASCAR Cup Series start uh, in the 33 car. But he started 31st finishing 18th if you can get a performance like that out of austin hill again this week at only 5200 great great thing and austin hill last year was really good yes but not to the level he's been performing this year things are everything is going well for him momentum is great he's likely gonna have a good run saturday have that track time i think he translates that sunday he's just gonna be out there with the mentality of keep it safe keep it simple get a good solid run have a nice finish I think we're going to get that from Austin Hill. 5,200, I think he's a really good play in a very hard-to-find good plays at the bottom of this uh, DFS pool this week. Yep, and uh, really that's where I'm at right now too is <laughs> I had to make a case for a guy 
I, I'm going to... Is this two... Hold on. Is this two weeks in a row we're making a case for Rick Ware cars not on super speedways? <laughs> I, I'm nodding for those of you who are... I am nodding solemnly because this is it. We might need it. to rethink this strategy. <laughs> I, well, did it work out for us last week? I mean, did he lose us? It's... I don't he didn't know. lose any points. That's what he I'm saying. Really like, get you any either, but you know. sometimes you just need to have a guy that doesn't wreck. That's that's kind of where we're at. And which was everybody last week. Well, that's true. That was so. Look at that. Um, no, all right. Listen, Cole Custer is my value driver. I I say I say because somebody had to be at this point. Like Cody said, he read off the list of low price guys, and it's not it's not a sexy Bro. list. It's not. I mean, I I honestly can't even. Uh, but anyways, it's Cole Custer. He's going to be my suggestion. He is uh, $5,100 on this one. He has finished on this uh, on this track in a Cup Series car. Now, granted, he was, you know, obviously an Xfinity guy. His Xfinity Series, he's got a couple of top 10s. It's not the Xfinity Series, so we can't even count that. But in the 41, when he was with Stuart Haas, <sighs> 17th, he started, finished 31st last year on this track. Started 27th, finished 23rd on this track. Started 34th, finished 25th. Started 16th, finished 34th, crashed out in 2020. All right, two of those were salvageable DFS days. And really, again, that's kind of all we're asking for out of this guy because all we want him to do is to be a nice little place marker in a GPP so we can load up on some high upside guys and, and yoke the points out of them. This year, in that 51 high-performing Rick Ware machine, well, he started 21st, finished 32nd in Atlanta. Started 34th, finished 35th in Loudoun. Getting you an, uh, an outstanding in Atlanta, minus one points in that one. Uh, so that was fun. But he got you five points the week before that. He did get you 23 points last week. And off of a $5,000 salary, that's that's about four, a little over four times what you're paying. And that's for. actually that's Pocono two weeks ago, which oh yeah, that's right. Pocono is even better ago. for your case because that's the most recent intermediate we ran on. Yeah, so there it is, Pocono two weeks ago. That's why that's where he started, thirty fifth, finished twenty uh, fifth. So a, a decent enough showing there. And really, again, all I'm looking for out of Cole Custer is if he starts dead last in that fifty one, finish somewhere in the high thirties or even low twenties. Because that means you you didn't lose me any points, and you actually may have gotten me some points out of the whole thing. Uh, and so I'll, I'll take that. I won't like it. Don't want to do it again. But in this in this slate, I think I'm going to have to do it. Yeah, it's if, you, if you're going to have one punt play, try and make it one punt. Don't two punt this week because it is bad at the low side of things. But Custer does have that upside. 23 points of Pocono. Again, that's it's not comparable to this race, of course, but that's a big track that requires a lot of speed. It's it's long straightaways, right? Uh, and so there is something to be said for him scoring 23 DFS points that day. You would take that for a guy at 5,100. So uh, again, it's it's a very, very rough pool uh, farther down. Uh, between the six guys we gave out, leaves you 2,600 still on the table. So obviously, if you were to play this lineup, you could, uh, could manipulate that and, and add somebody better over one of those those two smaller plays, but uh, we don't have all the information at this point in time. We don't know the starting lineup and, and all that good jazz. I haven't seen practice, but uh, yeah, these are these are our guys to watch for sure. I'm telling you, if he actually does start like almost dead last, I I definitely think this is a better play than it is if he ends up starting in the upper 30s, uh, because then you're just you're just screwed. So 
Um, well, yeah, and I mean, really, if you look, I mean, geez, even in Atlanta, like he started 21st, even though he finished 32nd, he still only scored you minus one point. So, like, if you go to New Hampshire, he starts 34th. There's only two spots for him to possibly go back. He did go back one spot, uh, and he only scored five points. But again, sometimes not losing a ton of points is not a bad thing. And then he started 31st at the other one. So Atlanta's tough because it's a plate track, so qualifying it's so hard to tell. But 34th and 31st in the two qualifying runs between uh, New Hampshire and Pocono. So likely he's not going to start great, which is exactly what you want for a guy like Custer here. And he provides that upside. He's at this point a sort of a veteran driver, right? He's been around three years in the Cup Series. Or Cup Series, I think he had won a race on an intermediate at, at Kentucky. A couple of years back so it's you know it's a not the most beautiful case but uh the case can be made look again and you all, did it beautifully oh well, thank you thank you and i did it all without vomiting so i feel like <laughs> that was a win uh all right yeah because you know it's a slim week when I, i'm over here bringing up cole custer yeah. as but somebody. that's why i wanted to read through that list of names like nothing about that list it makes me feel good at all like lajoy i'm not in on a track like this Gilland, you could maybe make a case. McDowell, you could maybe make a case. But, I mean, the Stuart Haas cars, I expect to be very slow outside of Harvick, we talked about. But but as far as the Priest, the Briscoe, I would not touch Briscoe. It, I would leave that spot blank before I played Briscoe. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's pretty rough with with a lot of that crowd. Balicki, Yaley, they're going to be pretty slow this week. Um, so I think that, that these are the two best of the bottom. And, and, hey, a lot of times you have to put a cheap guy in there to get the rest of the lineup you want. So you've, and hitting the right guy could make all the difference. So that's why we cover them. And, and that's what I'm saying. When you punt, you got to punt with somebody who you think is going to be able to, to at least get you some points. And I mean, as, as bad as we've made it sound, the, the, the pathway is there for him to be able to get something. It's just a matter of how much is he going to actually get you. That's, that's really what exactly. all said and done. So, all right. Well, we have made the cases for the drivers that we think are going to do well for you. Let's go over those drivers for you. Cody started you out with Denny Hamlin at $10,700. This is his high price suggestion. I said Kevin Harvick. Locked that in at $10,300. For mine, Cody stepped down to Bubba Wallace at $8,800. For his mid-tier driver, I said Eric Jones at $7,300. Would make a fine addition to your roster. Cody said that Austin Hill at $5,200 would be a good play, which I agree with him on that one, uh, which is why I went with Cole Custer. As my uh, as my low price guy at fifty one hundred dollars to round it out, just like Cody said, if you played all of this, still got twenty six hundred dollars to play with. So feel free to uh, upgrade from Custer if you'd like, or just keep it as is and roll with the punches and see what it gets us. But uh, yeah, definitely going to be a fun slate, and uh, this should be a fun race. We're getting closer to the playoffs, which means that the intensity level is about to ratchet up quite a bit as uh, as drivers really try to make their their case for proceeding into the postseason. Absolutely. It's uh, getting down to crunch time, Rod. We're almost there. Four races left, and this is the last uh, true oval race in the regular season, right? Two road courses and a super speedway to finish it out. So it's uh, it's getting, getting crunch time. Playoffs are almost here for the Cup Series, and I'm excited about it. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just as we get down closer and, and all of the different tracks that come in there into play, it, it's amazing to me how the schedule makers continue to make things interesting, even as we head into the final races of the year. So, 
Uh, all right. Well, Cody, let's uh, let's put a pin in this uh, this DFS episode. We'll come back again tomorrow. We will have our underdog picks, and we're going to throw some bonus parlays at you and have some fun on a Friday uh, with our open week, as we tend to do when the trucks aren't in town. We're just going to have a little bit of fun for you. So looking That's forward right. to that. It's going to be... It'll be a fun one. Underdog's been a lot of fun uh, having fun playing the over-unders on that. So, uh, yeah, come back Friday and join us. Um, I'm on X, at Husker underscore Zeeb. Yes, I did it again. Uh, follow me there. Follow the show at NASCAR Gambling. We have a Facebook page now for the show as well. Oh, yeah. Just search NASCAR Gambling Podcast. You'll see our nice, bright yellow logo uh, pop up. Give the, give the page a like there. You can keep up on everything over there as well. Just in case this X thing goes away, you never know these days. But, uh, but yeah, follow all that. All, all my works over there at Husker underscore Z. Uh, go back and listen to the betting preview show. Spoiler: We're recording this before that takes place, but I know it was a great show. Uh, so go back and listen to that on Twitter Spaces. And uh, yeah, man, come back tomorrow. Underdog. We'll wrap up the week. Check out the F1 Gambling Podcast for your IndyCar picks. Man, let's uh, let's go go cash some some dfs lineups this weekend rob i'm ready i'm ready to make you guys some money so uh all right i'm on x at rj via gomez link in the bio to everything i got going on whether it's here whether it's in between media the back road with seth and elliot we'll be talking some michigan some more and then of course catch some bonus bets from me on my fast money show over on for frequency sake and then just whatever else i toss up there could be soccer it could be tiddlywinks it could be I don't know, Division 1A soccer. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's up there. So we'll see you tomorrow. Bonus episode. Got some underdogs. Got some uh, parlays for you and, and some fun. So till then, let's go racing and let it ride. <laughs>